0: You are listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com.
1: Podcasting to you from the future, where the conspiracy theories in two weeks will become cons- non-conspiracy facts. I am one of your hosts, and my name is
2: Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Uh, what is going on with the uh,
1: the narrative, buddy?
2: i it all... It all continues but there's there's some new twists this week so i think it's it's an interesting you know it's this is this really victory like alex berenson is talking about or is this something else so yeah there's lots to talk about
1: absolutely there is so where where are we going first buddy i got a couple things going but i want to see where you're going to take us
2: well, I you know, I have to say one of the most accurate analysts of the whole COVID vaccine thing uh, has not come from the alternative media. You're it's kidding come me. from come from uh Pfizer's CEO Albert Borla. So when he when he talks we we should listen cuz he was you know, he was talking about oh yeah, there's there's gonna be boosters in the fall when the CDC and and the you know Fauci and everyone oh no no I don't boosters why would there be boosters these vaccines work so great you know he's he was talking about boosters so he's he is changing his tune a little bit and we'll have to to talk about why but if you want to play that the Pfizer CEO clip i think it's worth worth listening to
0: uh and we know that um, the three the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection if any the three doses with a booster they offer reasonable protection
1: you say three doses with
2: a booster (laughs) Well, he he did he he kind of yeah that's that's not what i wanted to talk about but Uh, he does, you know, is it three doses or is it, you know, the fourth, like is the fourth booster, the sixth dose or the fourth dose, but, uh, you can, you can parse that how you want to, but this is, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, why don't you play that part again? And, uh, these amazing vaccines that have to be mandated, you know? Because they're so wonderful, uh, what does the man who's in charge of making them say about their effectiveness?
1: Same same clip again?
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: let me see here.
0: Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a the booster, they offer reasonable protection.
2: so very limited protection if any so if you are fully vaccinated the Pfizer CEO who made those vaccines the 95% effective vaccine says they offer uh, very limited if any protection (laughs) oh get your booster though get your booster but this is you know that According to Alex Behrens, he's he's got a a couple recent substacks on this, so I'll read part of this one. Uh, if you are a vaccine company executive, it's time to slam the brakes. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla sees the dangers ahead as his very carefully worded interview, worthy of close review, with CNBC yesterday shows. Okay. So I'm going to skip over his analogy to the home loans in the 2006, 2007. And he, he has the, the quote from the clip we just played, uh, the hope is that we will achieve something that will have way, way better protection, particularly against infections, because the protection against the hospitalizations and the severe disease, it is, it is reasonable right now with the current vaccines, as long as you are having, let's say the third dose. (laughs) Um, Protection against severe disease is reasonable right now for people who have taken the third dose of Pfizer's vaccine. Uh, Put aside the fact that even those words are at best an optimistic interpretation of current data. Put aside the fact that Pfizer has never compared a three-dose vaccine regimen to a placebo in a clinical trial. Put aside the fact that reasonable right now suggests that any effect of a third dose will not last. What the chief executive of Pfizer is telling you is that if you received two doses of his company's vaccine last year, your protection is gone. Even against the hospitalizations and the severe disease, you need to be having, let's say, the third dose for protection against those. I didn't say it. Pfizer's CEO did. And I can't wait to see Twitter's lawyers try to explain it when they defend my fifth strike. It goes way further than that tweet did. Most people don't understand yet how badly they were conned, but they will. The raw numbers are stark. In Ontario, for example, 76% of hospitalized people and 56% of those in intensive care and now vaccinated. Both the raw numbers and the percentages have soared in the last two weeks.
1: Kind of crazy. I, I thought that they would back off on publishing that data at Ontario, but I actually downloaded it this week. It's It's got like a graphic. I mean, it's a really mm-hmm. nice, well-put-together study, and it's not super vaccine pro pro vaccine
2: they don't have it. well because they track you so much more in Canada uh, they're not able to pull the we don't know if they're vaccinated or not so they count as unvaccinated trick which is the one of the main tricks in the US like oh this, this person messed up let's not ask them if they're vaccinated or not we'll just count them as unvaxed. So, he, he goes on to talk about uh, Paxlovid. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, in the same interview where Pfizer's CEO warned people not to expect long-lasting protection from a third shot, he also pivoted away from more boosters. Instead, Borla p- talked up Paxlovid, his company's new $530 per treatment antiviral. This is where most of the effort of the government is moving.
1: It's a bonanza.
2: (laughs) Actually, Paxlovid is basically unavailable right now. Pfizer has promised 120 million doses worldwide in 2022, but as of 10 days ago, only 180,000 were available. So what's Borla's game? Doesn't he want to sell as many vaccines as he can? Maybe not, especially not with the drug that can potentially be can be huge. $530 times $120 million equals $62 billion, give or take. And Pfizer won't have to share that with BioNTech. More important for Borla, the real risk to Pfizer and to him comes from side effects. People will be angry when they figure out that they've been conned into taking vaccines that didn't work. Most of them won't be furious, especially since Omicron appears much milder than Earlier variants, zero efficacy probably won't destroy Pfizer or get anyone indicted. But side effects might. People will be furious if they think they've been conned into taking vaccines that didn't work and potentially hurt them or their parents or their kids. Right now the rate of reported serious vaccine injury is just low enough that the companies and vaccine fanatics can argue it's not real. It's It's a statistical artifact. The VAERS reports are fake. They're not etc. The third dose appears to be changing that equation somewhat. Who knows what future doses will bring? Nobody, including Albert Borla, though his scientists may have shot up enough mice and monkeys to give him a better idea than the rest of us. Unlike BioNTech and Moderna, Pfizer isn't stuck with mRNA. It is a $300 billion pharmaceutical company that is busily taking its vaccine loot to buy lots of research. Plus, it now has Paxilvid. Okay, neat. He goes on to talk about uh, so the prudent move for Albert Borla, doctor of veterinary medicine, PhD, is to begin to tamp expectations for vaccines, slow walk more boosters, and hope that Omicron does his job for him. His biggest problem is probably that the public health authorities are a lot stupider than he is and continue to push boosters. I'd love to know what Pfizer is telling them privately, but I'm guessing going to guess it's not an email though. So that came out yesterday, and then he put out today that boosters are over. The World Health Organization has waved the white flag on COVID vaccine boosters too. WHO released a statement about COVID vaccines yesterday. It's filled with the usual public health jargon and behind covering, but one line stands out. A vaccination strategy based on repeated booster doses of the original vaccine vaccine. Composition is unlikely to be appropriate or sustainable. And Berenson says, it's over, people. Aside from a few unlucky Israelis, no one is going to receive a fourth dose of the original vaccine. Everyone with eyes can see it doesn't work against Omicron. And if you haven't gotten a third dose at this point, why would you? You are getting at most weeks of marginally improved protection for potentially severe side effects. Okay. Do you agree with him? Or do you think there there are going to be people that get, you know, dose four, dose five, dose six? Do I agree with them that it's over? Yeah.
1: There's been... I I would say no, but there's been some weird stuff on the mainstream media this week. Mm -hmm. It seems like a concerted effort all at once. Uh, For instance, even Jake Tapper and the person I have learned to loathe... (laughs) <laughs> Sanjay Gupta. Um, I, got a, I got a clip here.
3: Okay. So
4: the hospitals are still stretched thin because of this, so I'm yeah. not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID don't necessarily have problematic COVID, they're there because they got in a car accident, they, they're there because right. um, you know, they, they bumped their head, and they're being included as in the hospital with COVID, that number seems kind of misleading.
5: Yeah, I agree, Jake. It, it surprises me that they have not been able to parse out that data more carefully. I think the data that uh, uh, Dr. Olenski is quoting is from New York State, and we've been following that data as well. And I can show you what we've seen, uh, sort of sort of tracks with what she said. But out of all the patients that are in the hospital, about 57 percent, these are COVID patients, admitted because of or complications from COVID, 43 percent admitted for other reasons and then diagnosed with COVID. Uh, I think you know th- w- there needs to be transparency about that uh, in terms of for or with COVID. The only thing I will tell you, Jake, I- again, working in the hospital, is that at the time someone is then diagnosed with COVID, even if they didn't come in for that reason, it does take up uh, a lot of resources then in terms of infection protocols, personal protective equipment, more testing, all-, all that kind of stuff. So even though that may not have been the initial impetus to bring him in the hospital, it just requires a lot a lot of energy and resources uh, on behalf of the hospital staff and and, and the, the testing and all that sort of stuff. So they we need to get better about being able to see this data. New York State, I think, is one of the few states that's presenting it that way for or with COVID, but other states should follow suit. The American Heart Association, I'm sorry, American Health Association says, They have a hard time sort of separating out that data but clearly new york state's been able to do it other states should do it as well
4: yeah we're two years into this and we need the clearest picture possible if somebody's in the hospital with a broken leg and they also have asymptomatic covid that should not be counted as hospitalized with covid clearly yeah (laughs) clearly
1: i was just saying that i don't know two years ago two years ago yeah Yeah. and then people are calling me a crazy conspiracy theorist um, and I think that actually, I played these clips out of order, that was a follow-up. That was Tapper questioning Gupta on Walensky's CDC report on comorbidities. Did you catch this, gem? Yep.
0: I want to ask you about those encouraging headlines that we're talking about this morning, this new study showing just how well vaccines are working to prevent severe illness. Given that, is it time to start rethinking how we're living with this virus that it's potentially here to stay?
4: The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75 percent, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. And yes, really encouraging news in the context of Omicron. This um, means not only just to get your primary series, but to get your booster series. Um, and yes, we're really encouraged um, by these results.
0: Dr. Walensky, thanks so much for your time this
4: morning thank you
1: four comorbidities four it's almost like when all of us crazy (laughs) people found the statistics that came out by the cdc and extrapolated out that only six percent of people had actually died from covid alone and then put that all over the place and then politico and all these other places fact check false it wasn't it wasn't i think it was like 12 percent or something like that and uh yeah no, i
2: think no it was six percent six percent had no comorbidities
1: that died right 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 so it turns out it was even less deadly than it had been so
2: thoughts because <laughs> this is yeah can we can we revisit those uh those death numbers although you know what, what's not mentioned they always use the broken leg or um you know car accident or what have you examples but uh, a lot of heart issues going on can yep. we can we maybe talk about why there's so many heart you know heart attacks and young people collapsing? are we going to get around to talking about that and it's,
1: it's impossible to tell andrew impossible <laughs> to tell you know out there there's so many different people eating so many different foods and doing so many different things that it You know, if everybody starts having a a heart defect within, you know, six to 12 months of a a certain time frame, it's not causation by anything else that's happening in that six to 12 month time frame. So you need to just start thinking bigger. You know, it could be, have you seen this? I don't know if it's real. I don't have a pack of cigarettes here because thank thank the good Lord I quit 14 years ago. But supposedly the new Surgeon General's Warning. Uh, adds not only lung disease but blood clots and heart attack. On the side of cigarettes. That's cool. and that's new, brand new. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't oh, a okay. thing. It's always just known. This is known. This drug known to provide or to cause cancers, especially mm-hmm. lung cancer, something to that effect. But the, yeah, they just added blood clots and heart attacks, which is uh, which is cool. I mean, it just you know, the I, I was right. By the way, we had a listener email me email in and say, hey it's the they did say christmas trees could cause heart attacks that was called christmas tree syndrome so it's christmas trees it's climate change probably it's gonna be red meat pretty soon right Uh, they've been doing that they've been doing that move for a
2: while yes and and it's just oh you know soccer players dropping dead that's that's happened before you know four in a week uh no nothing to worry about it's 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 pretty clear the soccer players in Europe got the real vaccines, and the NFL players, for the most part, no.
1: Yeah, I think but that's
2: lots of fake vaccine cards, the Antonio Brown style, and lots of uh, saline shots. But...
1: Yeah, and then lots of interference by uh, big big gambling.
2: <laughs> I don't <laughs> the the dvorak hypothesis the dvorak hypothesis i mean uh, well as far as the covid yeah there's I don't, I don't think it's it's quite as simplistic as that but you could you know if, if you pay the right person to to give someone the positive covid test swab instead of the negative covid test swab uh who knows
1: <laughs> yeah so I don't I don't know to answer your question I hope so. Uh, there's definitely something happening in the mainstream. So I don't know. It, one thing that's definitely happened is with me moving here is I'm a little more insulated, especially just living mm-hmm. in the country. I you know I don't not out rubbing shoulders with lots of people every day anymore. So
2: yeah, there's and you know the the funny thing is there's a huge COVID outbreak going on down here. And It's still like not, not even really big news. It,
1: from what I can tell, though, there's a huge COVID outbreak going
2: on everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the school districts are shutting down, and yeah. you know, what have you. But yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, and a little bit of you know some panicky people, but not. I don't, I'm not just not seeing a lot of it.
2: Yeah. Which is good. Agreed. Agreed. It's a cold. It's, we'll be okay.
1: Yeah i still don't understand the testing thing i'm trying to (laughs) hey i gotta get tested i gotta get tested yeah gotta get tested wanna let you know i'm getting tested
2: i i won't read the article but uh, steve kirsch had pope francis calls for widespread widespread vaccination so you know the pope is still he's still full speed ahead let's give everyone boosters every three months let's vaccinate everybody Well, I'm convinced, you know, because some of the WHO stuff was like, well, we can't vaccinate everyone in the world every six months. Right. There's like, you know, we we can't do it, which I think is kind of the. That's what Bill Gates wants him to say, because the natural solution to that is let's ramp up our ability to make vaccines, (laughs) which is what he's been pushing for this whole time you know he he wants the capability of you know 10 billion vaccines every 3 months or what what have you so uh there's that agenda still there but the, the Pfizer CEO backing off cuz he was he was full speed ahead he was saying there were boosters before the government was admitting there would be boosters and he was talking about you know but uh you know we'll just boost them again and i i thought they were going to go for For a year every you know every three months you get a booster and you only need you only need a quarter of the population to to go for that model and you're selling just as many as if everyone's got to get one you know vaccine but uh there still could be you know barrington seems to think they're gonna wind it back to a once a year deal like kind of like a get your flu shot and get your annual, you know, COVID shot. But I don't know. Yeah. I Maybe it's done enough damage to people's immune systems that, that he's like, ah, we'll just sell them drugs. It did its job. We're, we're going to make, you know, $30 billion a year selling this, uh, this new patented drug.
1: Well, the limit on monoclonal antibodies and the stopping of production by the government to make mm-hmm. room for Paxlovid, I think, tells us a little bit.
2: Yeah, interesting timing there.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll limit the. We'll limit this. We'll there'll be almost no tests, and we'll have to send them out from the government. And, you know, Pfizer has something uh, coming
2: our and, way. And if you go to the CDC NIH website, I do. It's every, like every, oh, Pat. Every morning.
1: Yeah, I, w- I wake up, read the Bible because I want to. It's like s-
2: remdesivir b- is great. Give remdesivir, <laughs> and Paxlovid is great. And if if you don't have Paxlovid, I guess you can give them this other like other merc. You know, so, someone didn't pay their bribe money because it's like, <laughs> well, if you've got nothing else, you can give them this. You know. I
1: like to but like- under
2: no, under no circumstances should you give them ivermectin. It actually. You know, recommends against ivermectin
1: unless you have a horse, and then (laughs) get them all the ivermectin that they need. I like to wake up, read the Bible, and then uh, go to the CDC NIH website and read that because I want to see what both sides are up to. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, the leader of uh, the 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 COVID the COVIDians, the branch COVIDians, the uh, the COVID scared. Dr. Fauci getting grilled by Rand Paul on, uh, on the hill. You, you saw this thing?
2: Yeah, go, go ahead and play it.
6: The idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally, unilaterally to represent science, and that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science <clears throat> itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic If the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists. Who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they, or from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree, that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? Senator, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email. That you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it, we got something in wire. No, magazine. no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything. About me. Did you, you ever of, object to Dr. Collins' characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe. They're esteemed scientists. And it would be. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, the-
1: to recap, <laughs> Pfizer's CEO is backing off. Alex Berenson saying boosters are over. Um, the CDC saying everybody who died had up to four comorbidities. Jake Tapper is coming to Sanjay Gupta like, hey, people with a broken leg that are getting tested positive for COVID shouldn't be counted. And then Rand Paul is still doing his best to try to destroy Fauci or at least grandstand destroying Fauci. And then he's going to ask for donations later. I'm not sure on the guy, but he does (laughs) sure get good sound clips. So all those things together, what do we have? Have we... Like, it's over? Is it it? is it it? Is everybody on TV saying well, it's over? We can all move on with our lives? No
2: more boosters? No more nothing? Or are they still kind of... Well, and you, you get, add to that list, Fauci's saying, well, you know, sure, there's kids in the hospital, but lots of them aren't in there because of COVID. So my, que- my question for
1: you real quick is, uh, is it possible
2: sonia sotomayor is listening to any of this at all that's where i was gonna go i was or... gonna say but but at the same time you've got a supreme court justice who thinks there's a hundred thousand kids on ventilators
3: <laughs> just,
1: just, you know i mean oh she's, man they are so hopelessly underinformed. not all of them but the but some of the loud
2: ones
3: <laughs> it's just
2: yeah i mean You'd like to think that the Supreme Court—you would have to be intelligent to make it on the Supreme Court.
1: Well, and I guess they are. Maybe they're just caught in the mass formation or the politics of
2: of uh, DC. Geez. her and or is it Breyer? Sure, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't you have don't you have staff? <laughs> is there anybody to talk to you
1: about this stuff? Like,
2: here's the question I'm going to ask. Can you make sure that I'm not going to sound like an idiot? I don't... <laughs> like, I think this is true. I saw it on The View. Uh, can Can you make sure this is true before she, I read she did, this
1: question? She did actually see that. say that, right? What do you mean? That's the second time I've heard her say something, or that I've heard that she quoted The
2: View. Oh, I don't... I think that was just people... Okay. <laughs> ...hypothesizing where she would get her... Okay brilliant uh, information there okay all right yeah yeah i mean it's 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 yeah uh it's it's pretty sad
1: it is it's, really sad uh, it's supposed to be you know i learned about because i'm one of the you you and i both but well, you were homeschooled but i'm one of the last you know people in this country to take a civics course i think shortly after i made it through they axed that uh, course hmm. but you know checks and balances the whole third three branches of government or you know and supposedly the judicial is supposed to be able to check and make you know keep the other the legislative legislative and then the executive branches in check i'm looking at this uh, judicial branch and i was excited uh after the 2020 election that they were going to do something did nothing A a lot of whisperings that chief justice john roberts is uh friend of Epstein, servant of Satan, yeah. and other things. And now I get to hear him live debate the uh, mandate. And not only is John Roberts barely speaking, uh, but we all allow Sonia Sotomayor to take the floor when she clearly knows nothing. So uh, very disillusioning. Turns out, Andrew, I know this will come to a surprise as <laughs> a surprise to you, but even though there are many people who, at this point, think more government is the answer, it's not. No, it's not.
2: No, and yeah, you you can never you can never properly overestimate how corrupt the system is. Like a, whatever layer of corruption you thought was there, it's worse than that. You know, whatever things you thought were big lies, there's bigger lies than that
1: so it is wall street and 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 and
2: yeah so it, you know if even if they did stop with the stop the boosters it's not uh, it's not for our health but i i could see them just still rolling right ahead like uh oh, we you know clearly albert borla is now fringe and can be disregarded and we're <laughs> going to roll right ahead with your quarterly booster shot And if you don't get it, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, you can't go to work. uh, You can't go to a restaurant. This is, I mean, it's Australia right now. You are not allowed to leave your home to go to work if you're not vaccinated. Even if your job is, uh, I don't know, working on a farm.
1: Outdoors. They're obsessed with landscapers in the Supreme Court, by the way. They constantly talk about. Well, what about a landscaper? A landscaper doesn't need a,
2: <laughs> a landscaper doesn't need a. I, I don't know. It, yeah, they're, well, they're worried about their landscapers. And I, I <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I could I could be wrong too. But the the OSHA guy doesn't want like the guy they're speaking to remotely or whatever. OSHA, he I don't think he he did not want anything to do with this mandate. He doesn't mm. want to have to enforce it. He does.
2: It's just. I could be wrong, but
1: at least the, I don't know. It
2: it did take OSHA a long time to put anything out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like it, which I think there is strategy behind it, but it could have been a little bit of uh, foot dragging on OSHA's part too. Right.
1: Could yeah. this administration be so inefficient that they didn't actually talk it out with OSHA before they made it happen? I mean, never mind. Of course they can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry. So do you have that the speech, the Trisha Lindsay speech? From the big speech? From the Children's Health Defense. I don't because Rally. I
1: I couldn't pull that out. Okay. I I, I would love to get it. I, I can't find the ability to download that video and, and clip it out of there.
2: So the uh, I will definitely recommend people go to the show notes. Um, rally at the New York Capitol Children's Health Defense TV and um, maybe we can point people to the, the time in there where she speaks because it's a pretty long video overall uh, it's about 11 minutes and it's definitely worth listening to
1: so. absolutely yeah that was sent to us by a listener and I do appreciate her sending it I really wish that we could uh, figure out a way to clip it in here
2: not just a listener tim
1: <laughs> T- yes to the, i am i'm the, very familiar with this person
2: yeah the the first uh you know the we're we're adding staff at uh the andrew hoffman substack we now now have an editor so have we have we reached? she's she's making the same the same salary that i am so. Have we,
1: have we reached double digits subscribers?
2: Yeah, last I checked we were at 18.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's we're... that's that's crazy. Alex Berenson, watch out. There's a new <laughs> watch out. There's <laughs> a new Substack in town. Yeah. So,
2: I don't know if they track their free <laughs> I think they only care about their paid subscribers. We're still at 0 on the the paid, but uh you know, if we get to Let's get to 100. I think we can get to 100 in 2022. 100 free subscri- subscribers. So
1: uh, We'll get there before the end of 2022. I, I guarantee that. Yeah. Well,
2: where to, buddy? Yeah. This is another thing that... Um, someone had posted on no agenda social and it's a it's from november but i had not seen it yet uh you can look it up uh david dr david martin weaponization of coronavirus uh when nature is conscripted to harm and it's from the weston a price foundation fall conference so definitely worth uh We're sitting through, he's got an interesting perspective on stuff and is a, I guess, self-admitted former question mark spook. So it's an interesting presentation. Uh, He talks about the, the companies that got the warp speed funding. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's basically a layer of companies, including, uh, Palantir, and a big PR company um, and another one. I'm blanking on the name right now, but that are in between the pharma companies and the government. And he explained that the reason for that is that if this ever goes bad and people successfully sue Pfizer for intentionally killing them, or killing their loved ones that it will actually be another kind of shell company <laughs> that takes the fall so so don't worry about it pfizer will be just fine
1: oh thank goodness
2: yeah so,
1: that's something It's a concern it was a so,
2: concern. yeah if you're worried about pfizer uh, don't don't worry they've thought this out so okay so, so they, this are they gonna is gonna
1: lose any world economic forum board seats or
2: no, no, okay, no, no. they will, they will be fine. But uh, yeah, very interesting presentation, very uh, original. Although I, in the real Anthony Fauci, there's a section on that whole warp speed deal, um, the military and the, the contractors. You know, the <laughs> the contractor that specialized in. Uh, propaganda against adversaries being assigned the uh, marketing campaign for Warp Speed and the the vaccine rollout. Just interesting. Um, So anyway, I'll I'll point people to that. But we do have a couple clips for the show. This was just kind of sad. It was a local news report from California about a, a Christian preschool that has been shut down. And the the head of it has been banned from working in childcare for life. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's listen to the um, to the evil offenses of this Christian preschool.
1: Right. So they must have like been molesting children or something like that. Right.
2: Yeah. You would think you would think. Yeah.
0: Parents of preschoolers at Foothills Christian Church say their children were in good hands. It's one of the safest schools, I believe, around. Derek Cardinal is a father of four. Colton loves his class,
6: Kinsley went to preschool also.
0: He was surprised and angry to hear the California Department of Social Services shut down the preschool in December due to their findings of both employees and preschoolers not wearing masks. State
6: licensing doesn't have any business telling you what you can do with your kids' Christian education.
0: Tiffany McHugh, the former preschool director, says visits from social services started in September after a parent complaint. From that point on, we, we were working with licensing almost on a weekly basis over the next two months. We were trying to improve the amount of kids that were wearing masks. Unfortunately, it was really hard. We're going up against a lot of parents that didn't want their children to be masked at that young. And a lot of children who um, are just too young to wear masks, they they pull them off. It's really difficult. McHugh says in November, the preschool was cleared of the violation. But a couple of weeks later, the state came back for a routine visit to find kids once again not wearing masks. We were going to continue to try and work on it. And then the next, not even a week later, three days later, they came in and shut us down.
1: okay Andrew I have to uh, i I can keep it going, but I have to
2: clarify we're talking about preschool age children uh preschoolers yeah less, less not less properly masking less than five
1: years old yes, so why even in California is that the thing? Are we supposed to be masking under five Mm-hmm.
2: no yeah I think it's two, i think it's two years old in California oh.
3: Okay.
0: Reached out yeah. to the Department of Social Services for a response and they led us to these legal documents which cite their findings stating that both Foothills Ministries and Tiffany McHugh regularly failed to ensure all employees wore a mask while indoors and failed to encourage students two years and older to wear a mask. The allegations by Social Services also states McHugh prevented licensing from inspecting the facility allowing employees and students to put on their masks which created a false impression.
5: Tiffany McHugh is a wonderful director. We, we feel our children are, are safe in her care and, and under the care of these other staff members.
0: In addition to the preschool shutdown, social services has taken away McHugh's ability to ever work in child care again. Foothills Christian Church has appealed the suspension of their license. That appeal is scheduled for January 14th. Dana Marie McNichol, CBS 8 News.
2: for life the the power you know the power of licensing so it's oh there's all this government funding that can go uh to pay for you know we'll we'll give it to parents to help pay for preschool but it's got to be at a licensed preschool and yeah your church can have a preschool that's great uh but to be licensed you're going to need to follow the the laws which are just reasonable like three-year-olds have to wear a mask or we pull your license and you can never work in childcare again that's so this is you know keep in mind this is the same state uh, that had that preschool up in san francisco that was run by open satanists and it was Ooh, the yes. trendy uh, yeah, yeah. the trendy preschool to send your send your three-year-old to uh, to stay with the satanists and what do you know it turned out they were abusing the kids oh shocker
1: what the heck was the name of that preschool i used to know this the mcmartin
2: i think we talked about it yeah on the podcast back in the day but yeah yeah same state but they're they're gonna keep your kids safe from the anti-mask uh three-year-olds mcmartin
1: preschool trial or mcmartin preschool yeah. with tunnels kids talked to kids got herpes kids start talking about or not herpes chlamydia or something like this and then started talking about tunnels underneath the school and all this weird stuff they were doing kids were coming home and completely misbehaving as though they've been traumatized and then it kind of opens up that hey guess what
2: yeah and it it still mostly got covered up
1: yes yeah as a matter of fact if you search it right now it's, uh, it's a, a false
2: memory syndrome. New yeah, York
1: kids, New York times. It's time to revisit the satanic panic of the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, baseless conspiracy theories about satanic cults committing mass abuse spread across the country. That's crazy, man. Cause if knowing what I know now or, you know, believing what I believe now, uh, looking back at that, that was just, that was just a cover-up job. That was the truth coming out in, uh, then they had to cover it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had, I had spoken with someone who had lived in that area and fled to Oregon. <laughs> Didn't think, work out so well. Didn't well, go far enough. I don't know where he's at now, but uh, he said that you could be in San Francisco. He said, if if you're a Satanist, that's great. They will bend over backward. You can have events at the library. You can do anything. But if you're a Christian, and he he was not a Christian. He's like, man, but they they hate the Christians. Like, if you're a Christian, they will shut you down. So that's just an interesting, (laughs) you know, it's the Christian preschool that's getting shut down. And the, um, you know, it was this open Satanist, Preschool that um, got away with abuse and oh, it's just a. It was a. It was made up. Those kids are liars. They they faked those STDs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it was Kirk Cameron who said when he converted to Christianity because uh, he was already a child actor at the time. Uh, he came back to to work and was trying to get more work after getting off of growing pains whatever yeah i can't remember um we weren't well anyway uh the his agent said oh yeah you converted if you could have converted to any other religion we would be fine but this is uh kind of a no-go in hollywood
2: <laughs> yeah
1: there's a few people who still made it but yeah kind of a no-go Well, I see you got some other stuff in here. Uh, Where do you want to go next?
2: Well, this is (laughs) an interesting one. I'll just read it and see what your take is. Uh, From November 2020. So this is pretty much uh, just prior to vaccine rollout time. Okay. And it's from interestingengineering.com. Nanobots will be flowing through your body by 2030. In 10 years, nanobots in your blood might keep you from getting sick, or even transmit your thoughts to a wireless cloud. Mm. <clears throat> if to only. Some, <laughs> according to some futurists, in the next 10 years or 10 or so years. By the way, guess who the uh, futurist is they're referring to? Klaus Schwab. Uh, Kurzweil. Uh Oh. Your blood could be streaming with tiny nanorobots to help keep you from getting sick or even transmit your thoughts to a wireless cloud. They will travel inside of you on a molecular level, protecting your biological system and ensuring that you'll have a good and long life. The future is closer than you may think. (laughs) As in, the future is next month when we roll out the COVID vaccines. Nano as a term is no longer perceived as special. We got used to small devices and artificial intelligence in our daily life. Tech has developed significantly and so have potential applications of these microscopic machines. Futurist and Google director of engineering, Ray Kurzweil, is an avid predictor of future events and claims to have a fairly high accuracy rate. Just a side note, uh, good journalism there. Can you do some checking of that accuracy rate? But We don't need to do that. Yeah, we don't. He claims it, so we'll just put that in the article. He is one of the biggest proponents of the notion that nanorobots will be streaming through our blood in the near future. The science surrounding this prediction may not be that f- far off from modern technology. Uh, uh, nanobots injected into your bloodstream, according to IFL Science, DNA robots are already being tested in animals to seek out and destroy cancer cells. These programmed strands of DNA have the capability to move through the bloodstream and in injecting blood clotting drugs into blood vessels around tumors, cutting off their blood supply. They, they wouldn't cause any other blood clotting, maybe blood clots where they shouldn't. No, we're not worried about that. Okay. Are you, are you a doctor? Uh, if human trials go forward, these tiny robots could be revolutionary in treating cancer and in other cell research, there's still a large number of hurdles to overcome. However, before injected nanorobots would be able to surpass current forms of treatment. Cancer detection and treatment is one thing, but tiny nanorobots could be big players in the future of medicine for other reasons. Researchers believe that nanorobots could soon deliver drugs to humans with a high degree of accuracy, according to New Atlas. This would allow for delivery of microdosages dosages right to where the patient needs them and help prevent harmful side effects. you hear that tim with nanorobots you don't have to worry about those nasty side effects
1: oh good yeah because you know my my phone always works perfectly right yeah never messes up
2: yeah Uh, university scientists also believe that nanorobots could one day be used to reduce plaque in veins and solve dietary issues along with this whole slew of other medical uses extending beyond simple medicine nanorobots could allow humans to reach a greater state of connectivity in research published in Science Mag, scientists with the uh, Weiss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering and Department of Genetics, which is just, genetics, whenever you see that word, just think eugenics. It's the same thing. At Harvard Medical School stated, as a proof of principle, nanorobots loaded with combinations of antibody fragments were used in two different types of cell signaling stimulation and tissue culture. Our prototype could inspire new designs with different selectivities and biologically active payloads for cell-targeting tasks. Theoretically, nanorobots could one day be used to constantly monitor our body for maladies and other symptoms, constantly transmitting this information to a cloud for close monitoring by medical staff. This could essentially turn the common cold or other types of conditions into easily stoppable problems. And just... um, what we we didn't talk about this particular article before but we did talk about i believe it was the navy that was doing that was testing some similar stuff like oh we can you know inject you with a tiny microchip and it'll tell us if you're about to get covid (laughs) remember that story that was actually this story is probably even earlier than that one but Uh, The idea that nanorobots could one day transmit our thoughts to the cloud is probably the most far-fetched of the many proposed uses for nanorobots out there. This feat would require great strides in both neuroscience and nanorobotics, along with the population willing to give Google direct access to our brains. While it may be a possibility, this functionality is probably a long way off in the future. Taking a step back for a moment, let's discuss what nanotechnology really is. I don't know, I think we can. Uh, talks about Richard Feynman, the father of nanotechnology. Uh, Will has talked about him in some of his videos. On the truth is stranger than fiction, I'll skip down to the nanotechnology in the future. Based on all this, the host of very real challenges are still ahead of us before we can start using nanorobots. Additional development is necessary. Some researchers predict it will take around 10 years to surmount these challenges and to begin using nanorobots for some types of surgery. However, others are not sure that this is the best use of limited healthcare money. Robot-assisted surgery is already more expensive than traditional methods, and nanorobotics is likely to be equally expensive, at least in the short to medium term as for kurzweil he's convinced that nanotechnology holds out the promise of someday merging humans and technology in other words transhumanism in 2019 he told that, <clears throat> in gadget the scenario that i have is that we will send medical nanorobots into our bloodstream how would they get there tim i don't know hmm. one application of these medical nanorobots will be to extend our immune systems these robots will also go into the brain and provide virtual and augmented reality from within the nervous system, farther than from devices attached to the outside of our, of our bodies. The most important application of the medical nanorobots is that we will connect the top layers of our neocortex to, to synthetic neocortex in the cloud. If nanorobot becomes an if nanobot injection. Oh,
3: that,
2: becomes an option will you volunteer to take the first steps to becoming a cyborg are you open to this kind of chat of change oh, just an interesting post from uh trevor english back there in november of 2020
1: nano robots have to be injected
2: yeah but i don't know it's interesting how they they don't really mention how you would get them into your bloodstream, and then it just says injected right there at the end.
1: Well, that's good. I uh, I know somebody else who doesn't like injecting things into their body.
2: <laughs> Bes- besides me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a he's referred referred to as forty five Savage.
2: Oh yeah, well. Uh, campaign 45 savage perhaps you want to play that clip the, with this this is a short clip it is trump uh from very recently on the COVID vaccines and then trump from back when before he was president talking about uh the flu shot
6: they have to get the shot the vaccinations are so important this is really going around now they have to get their shot get their shot Donald, do you get the flu shot
0: every year?:
4: No, why? Uh, I don't know. I've never had one, and thus far I've never had the flu. Uh, I don't <laughs> like the idea of injecting bad stuff into your body. You've... which is basically what they do, and but I, I have friends that religiously get the flu shot and then they get the flu. You know that helps my thinking because I say, why am I doing this?
2: <laughs> if only it would help
1: hmm. if only it would help everyone else's thinking at this point
2: yeah injecting bad stuff into you and then so you don't get the flu shot because the people you know who get the flu shot are the ones who get the flu but the people you know getting the covid vaccine are the ones getting covid but we should still all get the covid vaccine because covid's really going around hmm.
1: you gotta watch out for covid yeah going around buddy it's going around I-
2: I'm sure that million dollars uh, from Pfizer for his uh, inaugural celebration had nothing to do with this.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, totally, totally normal. Yeah. Totally a normal reaction. Well, I think without further ado, we should stop and uh, thank some producers. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. So, this is Revelations Radio News, episode 259. Last week, I had a bit of a... Well, several. Actually, we should talk about this. Last week, I had a a lapse in in judgment, lapse in in memory. And I posted Revelations Radio News, episode 248. (laughs) And Andrew, you had to uh, correct me on that. said, hey, (coughs) this is uh, 258. So, apparently...
2: it feel- could, yeah it could have been a typo if if only that were the only uh, mistake there. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> no there was another mistake and that was
1: we got our new setup our new audio setup and uh we got i got i don't know i'm a, i don't want to say how many emails i got because i want all those people who emailed me this week to say hey your sound was terrible to keep emailing if something is wrong so i don't want to, to besmirch anyone who emailed some were nicer than others but i just want to say that if you got if you emailed this week i appreciate you the more feedback i get the more i realize there's a problem uh let me explain a little bit uh first off no excuse for audio that bad i totally understand it i think many people shut it off so they, they didn't even listen to it uh and then of course you know one of my favorites danny emailed me he's like dude i had to hold the speaker against my ear when you talked and then when the clips played i think and then it was even louder so did somebody else emailed a little bit more in depth and they said basically i was a whisper you were twice as loud and then the clips were twice as loud as you so hopefully this episode you're hearing less of that i tried to iron it out before we started but i don't know we'll see where we are after this the main thing here is and the, and this is huge for this podcast is i won't have to do any editing and if i don't have to do editing if we can go live to tape and then i can just make the mp3 and put it up on the website and then post the show note links and be done and move on with my life not only will the show get out faster but we are much less likely to quit because all those years that we don't you know that's what ends up happening cuz I'm running the spreadsheet I'm doing the email I'm doing the website I'm trying to to field e- uh, emails uh, from people you know sending stuff in doing the paypal doing all this stuff and then it's like how many hours am I going to spend editing the podcast well usually at least as long as the podcast was and then maybe a little bit more so it ends up just taking up so much of my time and the less that we do of that the better because that will you know Ensure we don't have entire years where we don't produce any content. So anyway, my plan is, and and, and another thing about this show, thank you guys for always listening to us because I can't imagine what it's like to listen to a show where we're talking about current events and it doesn't come out till 48 hours later. Sometimes 72 hours (laughs) later. It's got to be old by then. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I want to get it out as soon as possible. So boom, you'll get exactly what Andrew and I just talked about. And that's this new setup that we have. Also, it's not all just like, hey, we're going to go with the latest and greatest thing and have all the new tech gadgets. No, there is a, this is actually only new software. And we've been robbed by Skype of at least two hours in the last couple of months where Skype didn't, we
2: were hit record and Skype didn't give us a uh, an audio file. Yeah, just there was a, internet drop or some issue and then skype just oh why would they want that recording
1: and so we lost a couple hours and that's after all the jokes of me not hitting record and us doing multiple shows i mean we still haven't reached
2: that level of lost time i don't think we'll ever get there well we we wanted to get away from skype i mean this is yeah skype is most definitely part of the the enemy absolutely um so this is you know a different service now the difference between you and me is that you were very optimistic like oh look at all the things <laughs> this can do and i was kind of like well you know but it is like technology like it's probably gonna be terrible like there's probably so you know i should have should have said you know well give you, make sure? you
1: said you said don't temper it, don't celebrate yet and Yeah, uh, don't
2: celebrate yet. <laughs> I, I
1: think you I think you nailed it. We didn't need to celebrate yet. So that is what's going on with the sound. Hopefully you listen to this episode and you're like, man, this sounds awesome and everything is great. So uh, anyway. Moving along, Revelations Radio News has decided to be a solely listener supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. If you feel you're getting value from this show, please help by becoming a supporter. You can support us by praying for us, sending us uh, monetary donations, or by uh, sending us stories, or becoming the editor of uh, Andrew's Substack, which I guess that role's already been filled, so don't worry about that. Editor-in-chief, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we count on you guys to make this show work. Uh, If you wanted to donate to the show, go to revelationsradionews.com backslash support and then uh, there you can donate to the show. All donations over $25. Get a free copy of The New World Order and the Eugenics Wars, shipped by the one and only Andrew Hoffman. If you're outside the United States, your donation must be above $40.
2: And you must not be in Australia, because they (laughs) are still not allowing mail to come in. Uh,
1: This first person, I was about to read his name, but he said no. So, this person says no, but they are in uh, Canada somewhere. We'll call them anonymous from Canada, and they sent in fifty dollars. Said he really appreciated what we do, so we want to thank you very, very much. Yeah, uh, and the the your book is on its way. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, congratulations on the on the book. Uh, so Canada, we're allowed to ship to Canada.
2: So far, yeah. Okay.
1: That's good. Good news. Well, you know, they're like australia light, so I don't know yeah. what's going to happen So as we move forward. But uh, next up is Eric from Chisholm, Minnesota. He sent us $25. Thank you, sir. And then next up is the OGPO Box Donator, Mr. Nick from Grand Haven, Michigan. And uh, I think you have the card now. Huh? You
2: can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want me to, to yeah. read? So this, this card... <clears throat> Uh, we should post a picture of it there, but it's a, it's from Dan McCall over at Liberty Maniacs and, uh, it says speak truth to power. It's got a microphone that says Liberty and then dissent. So awesome card. And Nick says, ah, I can smell that new PO box smell for our tide this year. We are supporting those that have supported us over the last two years. By putting your voices out there and sharing some truth, you've greatly encouraged us. They tried to bury us, but forgot we were seeds. So thank you for that encouraging and very artistic card, and for the support, Nick.
1: Yeah, they got got a donation of fifty dollars from from Mr. Nick. So kind of crazy. This guy is uh, the. The number one PO box donor on the old PO box and made it number two. He almost was number one on this on this PO box, but yeah, great.
2: Gretchen, S- Gretchen snuck in there first.
1: Well, Gretchen snuck in there first because she was just across town. It probably took a day for it to get here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we'll move on. I believe this will be Kyle, and Kyle is from Newton, uh, Massachusetts. I actually little yes know- they
2: a different kyle so we've got multiple kyle oh that's on right the yeah there's kyle time. from
1: from newton massachusetts and then uh ashley dyer came in today she has a five dollar donation we want to thank her and then there's two donors left who could they possibly be andrew
2: oh danny and the og kyle that's right danny and danny kyle. From medford and kyle from kent
1: Danny sent $25 as his customary weekly donation. We appreciate him. And, hey, hopefully you don't have to hold the Bluetooth speaker to your ear for this one. I want to make sure your $25 is worth it. And Kyle, who holds off. He's not as, as consistent as Danny. He holds off for a little bit and then comes in with the big one with the 100 bucks. So, thank you, Kyle. I actually... Uh, Kyle, if you have my email, email me because I wanted to, to send you something. And I thought I had your number, but I don't. So, anyway... Um, uh, thank you to all of you guys for the donations this week, it was greatly appreciated. Thank you for becoming producers of episode 259, not 249. And, uh, yeah, we got copies going out. And, uh, anything else we got for us, Andrew?
2: Um, Looks- no, thanks. <clears throat> yeah, thanks to our, uh, recent contributors, both financially and um, as we mentioned, for help with the the substack and we should have a new, new substack coming out here shortly. And I've been, it will be inspired by the hundred year anniversary of GK Chesterton's eugenics and other evils, an argument against the scientifically organized state
1: i like it goodness gracious that'll be awesome um if you go to revelationsradionews.com you'll see the episodes right there in the front on the right in the uh in the what do they call that the sidebar uh just down there's a a, a, a little widget or a little area called follow just below the, the follow word there's andrews substack there's a link right there if you want to click that i'll double check it and yeah there we go click that and that will take you directly to andrews substack so uh guys go ahead and check that out please uh we still have our essay section uh which we need to post the buddha uh or the monk the the story of the monk so we need to get yeah, that not the in, buddha in, i'm yeah. sorry sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> we're not posting any buddha stuff no yeah. no buddha stuff so
1: okay cool um where to next i I th- I, thanks again, guys, for the, your producing of the show. Let's jump into something else. I have a story for us, and this actually was posted and then taken down. But I have a story. Wall Street on Parade, the Citizen Guide to Wall Street. There's a news blackout on the Fed's naming of the banks that got its emergency repo loans. Some journalists appear to be under gag orders. Did you hear about this at all, Mr. Andrew? No, I did not. Yeah. So four days ago, the Federal Reserve li- released the names of the banks that had received 4.5 trillion in cumulative loans in the last quarter of 2019 under its emergency repo operations for a liquidity crisis that has yet to be credibly explained. Among the largest borrowers were J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and Citigroup, three of Wall Street's banks that were at the center of the subprime and derivatives crisis in 2008. That brought down the U.S. economy. That's blockbuster news. But as of 7 a.m. this morning, not one major media outlet has reported the details of the Fed's big reveal. On September 17th, 2019, the Fed began making trillions of dollars a month in emergency repo loans to 24 trading houses on Wall Street. The Fed released on a daily basis the dollar amounts uh, it was loaning, but withheld the names of specific banks on how much they had borrowed. That made it possible for the public to see which Wall Street firms. Excuse me. That made it impossible for the public to see which Wall Street firms were experiencing the most severe credit crisis. It was the first time the Fed had intervened in the repo market since the 2008 crash, the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. The COVID-19 crisis remained months away. The first reported case of COVID-19 in the U.S. was not reported by the CDC until January 20th of 2020, and the World Health Organization did not declare it a pandemic until March 11th. The dollar amounts of the Fed's repo loan grew to staggering levels. On October twenty-fourth, 2019, we reported the following. The New York Fed will be lavishing up to $120 billion a day in cheap overnight loans to Wall Street securities firms, a daily increase of $45 billion from its previously announced $75 billion a day. In addition, it is increasing its 14-day term loans to Wall Street, a program which has also come out of the blue in september to 45 billion these term loans since september have been occurring twice a week meaning another 90 billion a week will be offered bringing the total weekly offering to an astounding 690 billion it should be noted that if the same wall street firms are getting these loans continuously rolled over they are effectively permanent loans That's exactly what happened during the 2007 to 2010 Wall Street collapse. Some teetering Wall Street casinos receive individually $2 trillion in cumulative loans that were rolled over for two and a half years without the authorization or even awareness of Congress or the American people. One bank, Citigroup, received over 2.5 trillion in Fed loans much of them at an interest rate below 1%, at a time when it was insolvent and couldn't have obtained loans in the open market at even double-digit interest rates. Under the Dodd-Frank financial reform legislation of 2010, the Fed was legally required to release the names of the banks that allowed, or excuse me, the banks that borrowed, the banks and the amounts they borrowed on the last day of the eighth calendar quarter, following the calendar quarter in which the covered transaction was conducted. The New York Fed released the information for the third quarter of 2019 last Thursday, a day earlier than required. We reported it on the following day. Those Fed revelations that had been withheld from the American people for two years should have made front page headlines in newspapers and on the digital pages of every major business news outlet. Instead, there was a universal news blackout of the story at the largest business news outlets, including Bloomberg News, the Wall Street Journal, the business section of the New York Times, the Financial Times, and the Dow Jones Market Watch, Uh, Dow Jones, Market Watch, and Reuters. Could this critically important story have simply slipped by all of the dozens of investigative reporters and Fed watchers at news outlets? Absolutely not. The Fed was required to release its repo loan data and names Of the banks that spanned through september september 17th through september 30th of 2019 at the end of the third quarter of this year we reported on what information was revealed on october 30th because we were similarly stunned by the news blackout on the fed release out of curiosity excuse me out of courtesy we sent our story to the reporters covering the fed uh covering the fed for the major news outlets our article alerted each of these reporters that much larger data released from the fed for the quarter of 2019 would be released on or about December 31st. The data was posted to the New York Fed sometime between one twenty-three last Thursday. The most puzzling part of the news blackout is the majority of the reporters who f- covered this Fed story at the time it was happening in 2019 are still employed by the same outlets. We emailed a number of them and asked why they were not covering the story, and silence prevailed. We then emailed the media regulations, excuse me, media relations contacts for the wall street journal new york times financial times and washington post inquiring as to why there was a news blackout on the story and again silenced next we emailed a number of reporters who had covered the story in 2019 but were no longer employed at the major news outlet we asked their opinion on what could explain the bizarre news blackout on such a financial story we received emails praising our reporting but advising that they can't comment the phrase, can't comment, as opposed to don't wish to comment, raise a major alarm bell. Wall Street megabanks are notorious for demanding that their staff sign non-disclosure agreements and non-disparage agreements in order to get severance pay and other benefits when they are terminated. Are the newsrooms covering Wall Street megabanks now demanding similar gag orders from journalists? If they are, we're looking at a form of corporate tyranny previously unseen in America a history of bloomberg news comes to mind that news outlet that had previously come under fire for spiking stories that may have been counter to the business interests of its billionaire michael bloomberg who derives his billions of wealth from leasing the bloomberg data terminal to wall street trading floors around the world on march 11, 2016 uh bloomberg wrote a letter stop bashing wall Street. the times have changed blah 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 i think you get the point uh they come up with several different uh Examples of how this happened in the past uh, and then was eventually reported, but instead this is uh, not being reported at all. Let's see. We've never before seen a total news blackout of a financial news story of this magnitude in our 35 years of monitoring the Wall Street and Fed. Theories abound as to why this current story is off limits to the media. One theory goes like this. The Fed has made headlines around the world in recent months over its own trading scandal, the worst in its history. Granular details of how deep this Fed trading scandal goes have been withheld from the public as well as members of Congress. If the media were now to focus on yet another scandal at the Fed, such as its bailing out of the banks in 2019 because of their own hubris once again, there might be legislation introduced in Congress to strip the Fed of its supervisory role over the megabanks and restoration of the Glass-Steagall Act to separate the federally insured commercial banks from the Wall Street trading casinos uh why might such an outcome be a problem for media outlets in new york city three of the serially charged banks jp morgan chase goldman sachs and citigroup are actually owners of the new york fed the fed bank that played a major role in doling out the bailout money in 2008 and again in 2019 the new york fed and its unlimited ability to electronically print money are a boon to new york city economy which is a boon to advertising revenue and the big new york city based
2: outlets so you're saying that they that it's a big scam? It's a big scam, but I mean it's not just a big
1: scam, it's like a scam on a level. This is only <laughs> yeah, this is only 2019. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is pre-COVID. This is pre-reverse repo going into overdrive and they're scared to release the names and amounts that these banks were
2: getting in the fourth quarter of 2019 right and the uh, man in so fourth quarter of 2019 so it, this would have been around march of 2020 james corbett interviewed a guy on on this subject and it was a very good interview and i was while you were reading that i was flipping through the corbett report trying to figure out trying to find the episode in the guy's name and i couldn't find it but um maybe someone will, will let us know
1: if i find it i'll throw it in the links in the show notes
2: yeah it was a good a guy had done even at that time a, a pretty deep dive and was saying you know this was like this was a huge deal and it barely made the news at that time yeah so it's you know i think the uh well, in this story <laughs> was, was co? you know we, we've talked about how uh, the vaccine wasn't made for the virus the virus was made for the vaccine or the whatever they call the virus right it was made for the vaccine and this same sort of deal the financial crisis the COVID lockdown and everything Adam Curry's referred to it just in kind of vague terms like they had to lock everything down for some reason and they, they, there's some you know, the bankers ruled the world. It's so a contr- It was Something a, was going on. It was a controlled demolition
1: of the American economy. Yeah. And they brought it well, down.
2: And then, I mean,
1: but then look what happened. I mean, this is mainstream news that Bezos, Musk, all the billionaires got richer because this thing dropped. I think it was March 22nd, 2020. Mm-hmm. I sat on my phone and just in disbelief, just. Like on uh, Robinhood, or it wasn't on Robinhood's was Fidelity, or maybe I didn't know how bad Robinhood was at the time. Maybe I was on Robinhood, but I sat on my phone watching, like, what is going and Like, this thing crashed. I mean, this thing yep. just went, hmm. and if you had some foreknowledge of what was about to happen, then you could buy a bunch of stocks at a discount at that point. And I think a bunch of people did and should have. But I think your big, 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 big players, they scarfed up as much as they possibly could because there was a sense of uneasiness. If you remember those early days, nobody knew what was going to happen. And so a lot of people were scared.
2: <clears throat> well, they you know, if if you've got a stock market that's supposedly based on the real economy, you would think businesses being closed en masse would have a negative impact on the stock market. That was the logic. I'll tell you one
1: one thing my, my caesar's mark my caesar's uh, palace uh, puts paid they paid well <laughs> <laughs> i've had puts on caesar's palace early on and uh yeah that was a good that was a good bet but uh there were other bets that were made like i had one on uh, put on uh, nordstrom and i i couldn't go through with it it's a good company they treat their employees well they pay mm. well and i just i I, I probably could have made more, but I bailed out. I had puts on American Airlines. I did okay. Not great. It was just kind of small amount, small potatoes. It wasn't like I was making a real paycheck, but just a little bit here and there. But that was a super predictable time just because everything was going bad, and you could tell. But if you thought everything was going bad for a short time and you knew ahead of time, I mean, we're talking Bitcoin is in the $3,000 range at this time. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, where it yeah. is. So. um about to get back to
2: 3,000. Yeah,
1: like you said, <laughs> like you said, uh, big banks run the world. Uh, the two big ones are Vanguard and uh, BlackRock. And uh, I caught the tail end of a uh, video, I think it's a video clip, this week on the internet. Uh, this, this gentleman, I can't remember his name, but I guess he was a founding member of Facebook and then left Facebook, and he was asked the question, who owns Vanguard? Have
2: you seen this vid- clip? Oh, no, I haven't. All right, I'm interested.
1: Very, uh, there's a deep connection between money as an instrument of change and what you're doing now at Social well, Capital. Look, here's
6: the thing. There's about 150 people that run the world. Anybody who wants to go into politics, they're all f- puppets, OK? <laughs> there are 150 and they're all men that run the world, period, full stop. They control most of the important assets. They control the money flows. And these are not the tech entrepreneurs. Now, they they are going to get rolled over over the next five to 10 years by the people that are really underneath pulling the strings. And when you get behind the curtain and see how that world works, what you realize is it is unfairly set up for them and their progeny. Not a surprise
1: to your worldview, is it? No, not at all. Who was that guy again? Let me double check this. Uh, I can't remember his name. Doo, doo.
2: But... Monica Perez had a... Interesting uh, BlackRock take, I think in today's or yesterday's uh, episode of the propaganda report, just, it it was kind of a aha moment for her. She realized the whole ESG thing, you know, they just blatantly tell you, like, if we don't invest in you, we're going to make sure no one else does either. And you're screwed. So you're, all these corporations, you know, they get in line and they do what the World Economic Forum and everyone tells them to because it's either that or, uh, you know, the retirement funds that, like we said, Vanguard, BlackRock, that are these huge $10 trillion entities, uh, if they refuse to invest in you, you're, you're in big trouble.
1: I think Adam Curry was talking about recently that yeah. uh, BlackRock yeah. controls about 10% of the world's economy, the world's money. They manage yeah. it. His name is, I'm going to mess it up, because he is Sri Lankan Chamath Palihapitiya, <laughs> Sri Lankan-born Canadian venture capitalist, engineer, SPAC sponsor, and the founder and CEO of Social Capital was an early senior executive at Facebook working at the company from 2007 to 2011. Following his departure from Facebook, he started his fund, the social capital partnership through which he invested in several companies, including Yammer and Slack, the social partnership changed his name to social capital, Silicon Valley and Facebook. I think maybe he got an idea. Yeah. You, know, you got to look behind the curtain.
2: Well, but <clears throat> so social capital. So I, I wonder if, what side is he on though is he pushing the esg stuff i don't know i'll kind of have like, to look oh, at oh we it. need to green companies uh, you know, we need the virtue signaling i don't know social capital certainly sounds fishy but uh, who knows
1: last year he last year he said he would announce he announced that he would challenge incumbent governor gavin newsom in the event he was recalled so uh, maybe he tried to run facebook is a force for good in the world so anyway i don't know it just struck me as a man speaking with authority who would maybe seen behind the curtain for a few minutes and uh, didn't like it
2: yeah so yeah i'm interested uh what he's doing if he's actually fighting it or just wanting a bigger you know your scrap from the table there here's an important clip from his wikipedia page i believe that facebook is
1: a force for good in the world so i'd like to expand my comments my comments are meant to start an important conversation and not to criticize the company that i particularly love in 2017 many of us grappled with the unintended consequences of the products we've built social media platforms in particular have been used and abused in ways that we their architects never imagined because
2: trump was elected
1: much has been blamed (laughs) Uh, much has been thrown in guilt felt but the important thing is that we as an industry do now to ensure what we do to ensure our impact on society continues to be a positive one huh
2: yeah imagine thinking facebook's had a positive impact on. well
1: i think this guy but i think i think he does have some how do i put this uh self-awareness i'm i'm betting i haven't watched that video that show the whole way through but I bet you he was on the social network or whatever hmm. oh, okay you know what they talked about all the different you know social media things and how they're having yeah. a bad effect on us I'm betting always shaking hands with Richard Branson he's got to be a good guy <laughs> oh, I wonder if he's been to the island can Canada's Canada's version of Epstein hmm. um what, do you got anything left for us? I do have, I think one more clip that I have to play and I think this actually might be relevant to right now. I saw something come across the screen a few minutes ago. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, I think we talked about this like the moment it came out, but you remember the, the you know who Ray Epps is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, you the, s- did
2: you see the Ted Cruz clip? Uh, w- well, which, w- the one where he uh, talked about the terrible terrorist attack of January sixth? No, no. Since then, he's or tri- he's on- when he tried to walk back, walk it back, and and grovel on Tucker. Uh,
1: both, both of those, okay. but now there's a new one, and okay. because he messed up so bad one way, he's trying to swing the pendulum back the other way. Okay, so he's I want good- to. Tr-
4: Turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that. I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants 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 actively participate in the events of January 6th, 6th, 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of people who are understandably very very concerned concerned about Mr. Epps. 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 On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered, and there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, "Fed, fed, 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 Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day, the next day, on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that.
1: So, sorry about that clip. It's a little bit uh, echoey, but that was basically because this the spokesperson for the FBI was not in session in the Senate. Uh, that was they were doing a, a conference call. Were they call. tucking over walkie-talkie? <laughs> <laughs> they were doing it over zoom or i you know i i it's time to admit i had a side gig last week it was to do the senate to fbi audio <laughs> you, you so, were the audio guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: so, i
1: did okay i thought but i guess you know we'll hear from, the, <laughs> hear from the listeners today and we'll we'll hear if i did okay so uh that was i thought a great question ray epps if you don't know who that is i challenge people to go look you've seen this video right
2: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah go Thomas in, Massey played it in into Congress. The Capitol.
1: So uh I wanted to let you know that there's some new developments within the last hour. Ray Epps testified that he is not an informant or working for the FBI, January sixth committee says. So I went to find that clip. Yeah, no clip. So there's no active clip of that. But Hmm. a U.S. select House committee investigating January 6th attack on the Capitol said Ray Epps testified and that he is not an FBI informant and has not worked for any law enforcement agency. Fact checkers from Snopes and PolitiFact report there is no evidence, no widespread evidence that Epps is connected in any law enforcement agency. According to Snopes... Available footage shows Epps was in attendance, but there is no current evidence that he entered the Capitol or engaged in violence. The FBI's investigation into the 2021 event is currently ongoing. And while the FBI continues to... I'm actually ad-libbing this part. But while the FBI continues to investigate themselves, they have yet (laughs) to find that they have done anything wrong.
2: Yeah. Well, it's... The evidence is... Here's someone doing something really bad on January 6th and January 5th, and he's not getting arrested. That's the evidence. Yeah. When people who did one one hundredth of that are still rotting in jail. Yeah.
1: And the F, like, I don't know if it was in that clip, but Cruz talked about being, that he was on the FBI's most wanted list one day, and then the next day was gone. So...
2: Yeah. And it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, because creating distrust is part of the agenda. Sure. They want you to think everyone's a fed. They want you to think everyone is in on it. and Well, more importantly, you know, they want us to never attend a live rally right. ever that they, could they,
1: overthrow the government. Or even, or, or even challenge the government's ruling on yeah. something. Yep. It's not even just a like, you know. I don't think the people were showing up to the to overthrow the government. They were showing up to say, hey, there's a chance that Pence could say that the vote is decertified because of all this evidence of fraud. Let's go and support him and cheer, cheer him on and be right there mm-hmm. when it happens. And that way, they could we, we the people can make our voices heard, which is reasonable.
2: Well, keep and keep in mind they were, many people were there because they were being told by Q that oh it's all right it's just trust the plan just did you know watch watch donald trump pull the rabbit out of the hat it's all all the bad guys are going to get arrested and thrown in gitmo which was again another that was another fbi operation and it's something they've done before so you know it's i i guess what i what i'm trying to emphasize though is that like yes this stuff goes on but it, you should still trust people as long as they're not doing Fed-like stuff, like encouraging you to commit acts of violence or do something illegal. I mean, uh, they, like, they, like, they, hey man, hey man, uh, yeah, let's go shooting. Do you want to? You, you got any bump stocks? <laughs> 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 you know that. Then you can suspect Fed. But if if someone. <laughs> that shouldn't be our default our our default should be to trust people unless they show they shouldn't be trusted
1: from the Warren report there's a guy who was at the shooting range i think it's in i don't know if it's in mexico or in texas but he's at the shooting range and the guy next to him starts shooting his target he's shooting himself he was shooting his own target and then he starts shooting the guy next to him's target and the person whose target's being shot turns to him and says hey what are you doing And the guy who was shooting his target says, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was shooting that a-hole Kennedy. (laughs) This ends up being Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) So about as, uh, you know, about as uh, subtle as, uh, you know. Not not subtle at all.
2: Oh, okay. That was like his pre-confession. No. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the proof they needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he's
1: shooting. He starts shooting other people's yeah. targets, and then they, these guys, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was shooting that a-hole Kennedy." Like, what the heck? <laughs> that's a normal thing, but it, it stuck it in Weird. that. Yeah, yeah, stuck it in that person's <laughs> mind, and then guess what? Lee Harvey Oswald ends up being the killer, and what happens? That guy comes forward and says, "Yeah, man, I was at a shooting range, and this guy did this," which, as mm-hmm. the story goes, that's. You know, very likely not Lee Harvey Oswald. There were several Lee Harvey Oswald sightings in New Orleans and Dallas and Mexico and all kinds of places doing really weird stuff.
2: You know, similar to in- tomorrow uh, we got hang out with Ted Cruz's dad,
1: including hanging out with Ted Cruz's dad. Boom! <laughs> we brought this whole thing full circle. Good job, Andrew. Yeah, that was a reach. <laughs> that was a reach, but I appreciated it. That was awesome. It was a challenge. It was good. All right. Anything else we got to get to before to, we get out of here? You think?
2: No. Let's ra- let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up.
1: Okay. F- oh, Pfizer upgraded to a buy by B of A. Paxlovid's on its way. Oh, Emma, the Go Army video.
2: Oh, by the way, Paxlovid uh, is poison. So okay. Just just don't take it. In case said, anyone was wondering, like, oh, did is Pfizer making something that's uh, helpful and good now? No, they're not. <laughs> poison. <laughs>
1: Should we should we get out of here? We don't want to leave on a negative note like that army commercial, do we?
2: I mean, we negative note is what we do, but <laughs> if you got a different way to end it, that's fine. Uh, should we do it?
1: Can <laughs> we can we can we reclaim our positivity afterwards, or we just get out of here with your? Uh, let's just get out of here with your cruise well, re- cruise reference.
2: Let me. Uh, I do have a. Uh, a quote I was going to work it in earlier, uh, Chesterton in 1922, referring to, uh, science, capital S the scientism science. So just a, just a reminder that this stuff is not new. Um, so I'll do this and then you do whatever, whatever you want to do. Uh, the thing, Here's the Chesterton quote, the thing that really is trying to tyrannize through government is science. The thing that really does use the secular arm is science. And the creed that really is loving tithes and capturing schools, the creed that really is enforced by fine and imprisonment, the creed that really is proclaimed not in sermons but in statutes and spread not by pilgrims but by policemen, that creed is the great but disputed system of thought which began with evolution and has ended in eugenics. Materialism is really our established church, for the government will really help it to persecute its heretics. Vaccination, in its hundred years of experiment, has been disputed almost as much as baptism in its approximately 2,000. But it seems quite natural to our politicians to enforce vaccination, and it would seem to them madness to enforce baptism. So, I thought that was an interesting quote from... A hundred years ago. So Buddy, vaccination now two hundred years and they still don't work and they're still poison.
1: <laughs> Buddy, if you think I can come up with something better than Andrew Hoffman quoting GK Chesterton to end the show with, then <laughs> I, I don't. I can't. Yep. All so, right. All right. So uh everybody thanks for tuning in. I did want to say one thing the architects and engineers for nine eleven, I guess it's okay to go there
2: it's fine uh Richie. yeah we're we've patched things up uh with back channels and <laughs> the, our our millions of listeners out there who were donating massive amounts of funds to architects and engineers, it's okay to resume. <laughs>
1: They parted on a mutual mutual understanding, Richard Gage and Architects and Engineers for 9-11. We're
2: still Richard Gage fans, but we're still also supportive of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth.
1: All right. And without any further ado, I guess we'll get out of here. Uh, If anybody out there is still listening, I think you should go out and take a walk outdoors. A walk in the out of doors to start the day is a good time
2: i actually did that this morning it was Good. a nice nice morning but you know it's not 60 degrees and sunny everywhere tim <laughs> hey
1: and man it is in oklahoma
2: hey man when you know it's 60 degrees and sunny right now but a couple
1: of days last week icebergs floating down the river so yeah it can uh, it can change on a dime around here and that keeps it interesting doesn't it yeah yeah it does thanks for doing a show andrew thank you tim
0: A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. dot com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com dot com and click on the contact tab or support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com dot com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you see
1: this morning i went to the post office box i meet a guy and he's wearing a shirt that says trust god not government i probably should have put this on the show but he says trust god not government i said okay this is a cool guy he opens the door for me he said good morning i said hey man i said cool shirt he says yeah uh i uh you know i just i think a lot of people are forgetting that and i said absolutely i just moved from seattle and it uh, seems like a lot of people forget it up there he goes oh no kidding man I just moved from California about three years ago. I couldn't take it anymore. They lost their mind. He said it was all cool until I started having kids. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And we came out here for a wedding. And I looked around and said, I could do this. And my wife said, yeah, let's, let's give it a try. So they moved to uh, middle of nowhere, Oklahoma.